0: Have you guys seen Makeshift Battalion, the new card from War of the Sparks? It's great. It's two and a white for a 3-2. And whenever it attacks with at least two other creatures, you put a plus one, plus one counter on Makeshift Battalion. So it has Battalion.
1: Yeah, it's just old Battalion for Crash.
0: Yeah, it's awesome. And it makes me wish that they had continued to do this, put keywords in the name. I mean, Makeshift Battalion is hilarious for a card that has Battalion, but they don't say it. Like, they really blew it with uh, another one of these cards, 10th District Legionnaire which is a Boros card. It's like red and white for a 2-2 haste. And when you cast a spell that targets it, you put a plus one, plus one counter on it and scry one. And it's like, dude, you just printed a card called heroic reinforcements in Boros in another set. This card has heroic. Like, why did you waste it? Just really throwing
2: it away there. What are we going to see next? We're going to see champion, champion, shadow, shadow. There's
0: definitely a card, and we don't have an English name for it at the time of recording. I think it's like Evolution Sage. It has landfall, like when you, a lander does a battlefield proliferate. And again, I'm like, Evolution Sage is not the name of this card. It should be like Landfall Sage. It's so simple. It's right there for the taking.
1: Just do it.
2: They'll maybe forget to change the playtest names. That's my hope. Well, we need this crew vehicle, so let's just call it Crew Vehicle. Oh,
1: oh that would be so
2: nice. Playtest names are always great.
0: <sighs> makeshift Battalion was 100% a playtest name, and they just, like, it slipped through, and they were like, eh, we can't think of anything else. It has Makeshift Battalion anyway. Whoops. <laughs> Welcome to the 33rd episode of Let's Remember Some Cards, the magic podcast that's here to remember cards, decks,
2: and stories that make magic the game we love. Hello, I'm David Prestwood. And I'm Christian Wright. Last week, we talked about the smashy, smashy, gruel clans of Ravnica. This week, we have a special guest to talk about a slightly more debonair, reserved, and law-abiding guild, the Azorius Senate. Please welcome to this week's show, special guest and lover of all things blue and
0: white, Evan Scar.
1: Hey, everybody. Uh, thanks for having me on the show, guys.
0: Yeah, no, we're we excited to have you. You are, uh, you know, Mr. Azorius, so... That's what Seems like say. a good fit.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? A Magic player of many years. I guess my first set was New Phyrexia, so it's not that long, but eh, kind of long at this point. I love playing blue and white cards, uh, mostly just blue cards, but most of the time it's blue and white. Uh, I work at a card store here in Minneapolis. I go to school, I'm studying IT security, and I also work in the IT department at my school, so that's what I do. Sounds
0: perfect. It's very Azorius of you. I guess so. IT? Sure. All right. Well, before we dive into that and get into Azorius, let's hit the random card button on Scryfall and let's remember that. <music> this week, our card is Dragon Whelp. This one's a classic. It is two red red for a two, three dragon with flying. And it says it has a kind of fire breathing You can pay a red to give it plus one, plus oh until end of turn. But if you activate this ability four or more times, you have to sacrifice it at the beginning of the next end step. So it's like a weird, tiny kind of fire breathing.
2: Yeah, it's a classic. It's kind of, you you don't really see that anymore. Like cards that kill themselves that if you actually do what you wanted to do. But, you know, it's nice. It's cute.
0: I like it. It's a better way to limit the impact of the card than do the. you can only activate this once a turn. So you really do get one big shot in. I, it, what is the flavor of this? Like it's a tiny dragon, it overextends itself and it just like explodes into flame when it sets you on
1: fire. Well, if you look at the ABU art for it, it is like it is like fresh out of the egg. But that makes me wonder how it actually fit in that egg in the first place. It seems, like, definitely too large for it. If that thing tried to shoot out too much fire, I'd assume it would just explode. That's the, like, logical thing to happen. Yeah, that
0: makes I sense. See that. Unfortunately, uh, Scryfall gave us the commander art for this, which I guess originally appeared in From the Vault Dragons, which is not nearly as good as that original, uh, you know, alpha art with the, like kind of adorable dragon who has popped out of his egg and i guess he has like an egg-shaped body like did he eat something else while he was in the egg did he just like pop out and have a little meal he's kind of a chubby little dude maybe there were twins oh yeah you eat your twin you know as you do
1: it's kind
2: of like fodder cannon oh i just want to like grab his little like his little snout rub his little tummy oh just adorable That, that dragon's not gonna kill anyone he's probably gonna breathe fire on you which is the problem
0: I did not realize that this card is uh, Modern Legal.
2: It was in Magic 2010. Oh, totally Modern Legal. Totally playable in Modern. We have another
1: Dave (laughs) Presswood brew coming up with uh, with Dragon (laughs) Whelps.
0: Dragon Whelps and uh, Rook Egg's Modern Legal too, right? Uh, Oh, yeah. yeah, I think so, yeah. Okay, I can go back to a deck I'm pretty sure I made in 1994. Nice. Sounds good.
2: (laughs) Well, considering we are in the midst of an epic fantasy hbo show with dragons this uh let's remember that was quite appropriate but now on to the main event how we fought the law and did not win we're talking about the blue white guild that drones on in your dreams the azoria senate evan what is some of the lore of the azoria so people can understand the guild a little bit more
1: cool thing about the azoria senate it was founded by azor the Lawbringer, uh which some people might remember from the recent ixalan set uh, Azor was a planeswalker, went to Ixalan, and then gave up his spark to create the Immortal Sun, which kind of crafts the scenario of the current set. As far as other lore things, there's three columns of the Azorius Senate. Uh, they are the Sova, the Jelen, is that how you say that? The Jelen? I have always assumed so, yeah. They're Jellin' like yeah. felons, I-, I like it. And the Liev. And those handle the different areas of the lot. The silver, so the judges, and then the Jelen are the scribes and stuff. And then yeah, the
2: the, the, Luke, the Luke, oh no oh no I can't pronounce that word elucutors elucutors.
1: And then there's the liev, and they're like law mages and null mages, yeah. I guess. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like
0: our system of government. Well, the system of government we used to have before the current administration when everything just collapsed into like an all-powerful president who ruins the planet, but where there was an executive and legislative and judicial branch, right? Like one of the columns kind of makes the laws, one of them enforces them, and then one is the judicial system and judges, which is perfect for this. Lawyers, you know, I'm a lawyer. Lawyers are very Azorius, right? I don't know that they have any real regard for fairness, just for the actual law. It's like a very strict interpretation. These are the laws we've made. This is how we're enforcing them, which is, you know, maybe not the way to go, which is one of the reasons that Azorius characters sometimes show up villainous, right? Yeah. Because they're only concerned with the law.
1: Yeah, they definitely seem like very, very cold. Uncaring. Uncaring. That's a good way to put it.
2: My thing with the Azorius, we talked a bit about this a bit in our Boros episode, is so I don't understand the Ravnica police state because if I understand it, the Boros investigate but also are the military, but the Azorius investigate and apply the laws and also investigate. So essentially, they're both redundant guilds, and I don't other than the fact that azorius makes the law like it's they still have redundant roles and it just drives me it drives me up a wall yeah i mean i feel
0: like azorius are doing the kind of high level investigation and the boros are the ones out on the street like kicking down doors and maybe a little yeah they're the beat cops yeah beat cops like you know stormtroopers maybe
2: guess i don't know man because like according to magic lore the Liev, part of the columns of the column of the Azori Senate, they're investigators. So they're also beat cops, right? They're like, they're they're actually investigating these crimes. No, I think, the, I think they're the
0: ones who are back at the precinct, like with the cork board full of like twine going between different pictures. That's what they do. But then they're like, hey, Boros, go get us the information. My problem Cop. is with the Selesnia, who are all like, oh, peace and love and nature and like hippy dippy crap. And then they're like the narcs. Like, they're telling on everybody to the Azorius all the time. It's that white, right? They're like the ultimate bad guys here because they're not upfront about what they're doing.
2: I thought you were about like sapperlings, and instead you're about, you know, a spy network that hears things. I thought that was supposed to be Demir. Now I'm just confused. I'm so confused by Ravnica lore. <laughs> See, here's the thing I feel like Azorius and
0: Demir are very close. Azorius right. does those things for the state, and Demir does it for their own benefit. That's why, like, any. Any person who identifies as Demir like me, if people ask you, like, what guild you identify with, you just say Azorius, because it's, like, the same stuff, but above board, and so it's, like, okay.
1: I can relate to that pretty heavily, actually. I just feel like I'm so right when I play Blue-Eye Control, you know? Like, I'm just on the right side of history every time.
0: The the winners do make the rules. So. That's true. That is true. All right. Well, let's dive in a little bit to some of the cards. As we have discussed in our prior guild episodes, one of the best ways to tell what the color pair is supposed to do is to look at the guild mages in that color pair. These kind of set the ground floor for what the color pair is trying to accomplish. Uh, as a refresher, each Ravnica block had a guild mage for each guild. Each one is a 2-mana 2-2. That is either a wizard or a shaman. So in the original Ravnica block, each one costs two hybrid mana. So in the case of Azorius, you could pay white, white, or blue, blue, or white, blue to cast it. In the return to Ravnica block, they cost one of each mana in the color pair. So white and blue. Uh, And we can start with the first one, which is Azorius Guildmage. Christian, you want to read that one?
2: Yeah. Azorius Guildmage, it's uh, Azorius hybrid, Azorius hybrid for a two two Vidalkin Wizard. Its first ability is two white tap target creature. And its second ability is two blue counter target activated ability. With the help for reminder text that man abilities can't be targeted.
1: Momir Rig anyone? Anyone ever play against this card in Momir on Magic Online? Oof. It's horrible. I
2: played, I played against this card in Draft. It was a bomb. It was uh it, it from what I remember too, since it was blue blue hybrid, like you could played in your simic decks and your other blue focus decks and you could just splash to tap creatures oh it was just ugh, it, was, it was gross the uh you know half
0: of stifle on a permanent is just generally very gross uh there aren't a lot of other permanents that do that i mean some of them will do it for abilities from artifacts i think the only other one i could think of is a rhymeland cryomancer from cold snap which was like one untap to counter an activated ability, but you could only do it if you had, I think it was four snow covered permanents. Oh jeez. But this one just kinda lets you do whatever you want with activated abilities, which uh I guess this is one way to deal with planeswalkers.
1: Yeah, sure. Maybe that we should have gotten a reprint this time. Uh I, I was gonna say there's like another one that's like a kind of uh yeah, Voidmate Tusher was like another way to kind of have like repeatable counter of activated abilities, but you like have to bounce it to your hand and pay four mana every time. It's like kind of annoying, right. but it, yeah, the yeah. repeatable effect of countering activated abilities is just really, really horrible in a lot of ways, but in a good way.
2: This was so good. They put this in the Commander 2011 decks, the original four or five that they created. And yeah, it's justifiable.
0: Obviously two and a white to tap a creature is like more than rate for that. Although it doesn't tap to do it so right you can tap multiple creatures that's very good and then countering activated abilities is just like the most azorius thing i can think of hey that thing that you have actually you're in violation of subsection 163 subpart j so it's not going to work the way you think it does
2: i will say for the record this was probably the best limited guild mage you can open it's up there with selesnia guild mage like of the two it's like oh this is super close but i think i take azorius guild mage before selesnia really the original 10 guild mages yeah sure okay What about its Return to Ravnica counterpart?
0: All right, well, that is New Prav Guild Mage, uh, as you mentioned, uncommon from Return to Ravnica. White blue for a 2-2 human wizard with two abilities. You could pay white blue and target creature gains flying until end of turn, or you could pay three white blue and detain target non-land permanent and opponent controls. So detain was one of the key words for Azorius, and it says, until your next turn, the detained permanent can't attack or block and its activated abilities can't be activated. So, you know, they're just sticking in the back of the squad car while they run its papers,
1: locking it down. Good flavor, I like it. Did
2: you guys play this in Limited at all?
1: Uh, I played a decent amount of RTR Limited, and this one was very good. Uh, the, just the repeated flying was very good once you got in the late game. The detaining, just whatever their best permanent was, was also very good. I wouldn't say... Conclave Guildmage was definitely the best, if I remember right. Uh, that thing was like very busted but new prop guild mage also very good
2: the fact that it was repeatable pacifism like it was it was really expensive like they did balance this one thank god
0: when you look at the other guild mages and you see an ability that costs five mana your eyebrows kind of go up like oh this might just be out of control and uh certainly i guess if you're playing the full-on control, it could activate this a couple times in a turn you could probably just win the game you know not the strongest we've seen but powerful nonetheless All right, let's get on to our list. So as a refresher, we only look at cards with the relevant guild mark, in this case Azorius, that were not part of a split card with another guild, and that are only from the first two Ravnica blocks. So not Guilds of Ravnica or Ravnica Allegiance. When we've done these in the past, we've traditionally done a top eight. Sometimes we do some honorable mentions, sometimes we cheat a little bit and include up to twelve, but this is Azorius, damn it! and we're sticking to eight. We are following the
1: rules. So let's kick it off. Evan, what is our first card? First card is Azorius Charm. That is a blue and a white for an instant. You get to choose one of three modes. Uh creatures you control gain lifelink until end of turn, or you can draw a card, or put target attacking or blocking creature on top of its owner's library.
0: Oh wow. Uh so three very reasonable abilities on a charm.
1: Yeah, well imagine that.
2: This was played a lot in standard, right? The fact that it was really flexible. It was creature removal or it drew you a card, and then had a third ability that you sometimes used, vaguely.
1: (laughs) Very vaguely. This was probably one of my most played decks of all time, was the RTR Innistrad uh, Esper Control deck. Uh, So I was playing four copies of this card, four copies of some of the other cards on this list as well, and this card was insane. You know, you could combine the put uh, the attacking creature mode on top with the... uh, activation of the phalia drown yard to answer a lot of things that were just like really problematic obsidat was one of them siren yeah, sanity was another one of them if you could ever like actually put that together somehow there was a lot of stuff that was like hard to answer because you couldn't kill with ultimate price so you just had to do the put it on top and then mill it away sometimes you'd get like two Restoration Angels into play and you'd have to lifelink your squad to gain a little bit of life. It was super, super good. And most of the time, though, you just cycled it because you needed to draw more lands and whatever. No, it's great. Through all of the guilds we've done, and this is the eighth
0: of the ten guilds, That we've completed we have very rarely talked about charms because most of them ended up being pretty underwhelming and so it's nice to have one that's not with three different abilities that are all playable and a deck that actually saw play in standard yeah
1: everyone loves gruel charm right
2: (laughs) right this was good enough that for a little bit it was a usually a one of in modern sideboards for blue white and just because it was flexible enough and there's cards called medley mage that exists so sometimes you needed to have a sixth copy of condemn yeah that, you just you kind
1: of flex around your remove a little bit not get locked out and that one really awkward when you go
2: azorius charm give my celestial colonnade lifelink okay, oh yeah attack.
1: a little awkward
2: <laughs> like i did that i've done that a few times in my life not good not fun partly <laughs> why i stopped playing blue white and just guy because you do that enough times that it you know degrades your brain but the secret's to never give up that's fair you just
1: keep doing it and you get used to it (laughs) all right our
0: next one on the list detention sphere detention sphere is one white blue for an enchantment and it says when it enters the battlefield you may exile target non-land permanent not named detention sphere and all other permanents with the same name as that permanent when detention sphere leaves the battlefield return the exiled cards to the battlefield under their owner's control get wrecked
1: Yeah, this, super this card is amazing. I mean, I still play, what, I'm playing two copies right now in Modern Blue Eye control. Usually flex between one and two, because it's just super good. in that Esper deck from RTR Innistrad played many copies of this very frequently. I remember there was a time when people were playing so many Detention Spheres that people had started subbing out some of their Detention Spheres for Oblivion Rings so that you could Oblivion Ring your opponent's Detention Spheres. Because, <laughs> like, it was just so ubiquitous in the format.
0: Yeah, they did a really smart thing here by not letting Detention Sphere target Detention Spheres. It would have had a lot of technical problems
1: as well as oh, yeah. just terrible gameplay. Uh, some drawn games here and there. You never know. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> we'll have to remove itself, right? Oh, yeah, so that's, that's true. Yeah. 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 Interestingly enough, this the first cards that referred to this um, were all the way back in Visions. They had a card called Eye of Singularity where it said, and I'm just going to quote the relevant text on this one, it's a world enchantment. We'll talk about it in depth one time, but it, it talked about how you destroyed each permanent with the same name as another permanent except for basic lands. And then it also destroyed other permanents with the same name or when it ever permanent entered the battlefield destroyed all permanents with that name. So it was like the legendary rule essentially.
0: Sure, yeah. I mean the card I think of when I see Detention Sphere is Echoing Truth from Darksteel. Um, it was like basically a regular spell you would cast anyway that was just applied to everything with the same name. So that right. one was one in a blue, and it just said return target non-land permanent and all other permanents with the same name as that to their owner's hands. You know, same idea. It's like, this is just a bounce spell, but if they have a bunch of tokens with the same name or, you know, multiple artifacts or, you know, some engine to their deck, you could just kind of bounce them all. Um, this was recently, as folks will know, referenced in Deputy of Detention. In Revnica Allegiance, which was a very similar card. It's basically Detention Sphere, except it's a 1-3 Vidalkin Wizard for the same price. Um interesting choice. I mean, that card has seen some play in standard, but like a little easier to deal with than an enchantment. So not nearly as good.
1: I mean, you still yeah. see Deputy of Detention in the like the modern human sideboards currently. Sure. And sometimes in spirits too, because it's just the the effect of that echoing truth detention sphere effect, where it gets the thing and all the things with the same name, is just so powerful. Uh, and it's no mistake that these cards keep showing up like when they're printed.
0: Right. Yeah, and if you see a card in the human sideboard that's not actually a human, you know that oh, it it's got to be a be good. critical role.
2: It's got to be yeah, good. It's interesting how this is now very markedly a blue white effect, right? Um, blue bleeds into white when you have both. But the first granddaddy of them all was a green-black card. It was Maelstrom Pulse, right? Oh, yeah, that's true. Like, Maelstrom Pulse destroyed everything with the same name. And now it's like, now nah, it's too good for Jund. Too good for the Golgari. Bring it back to the Azorius, right? And I'm like, yeah, that's fair.
1: They got repoed.
2: So, Evan, you
0: just said repo, and it made me wonder if there's a card called Repossess, and I'm pretty sure that's not the name of a magic card. Now, if there was, that's a blue card, right? Is that, like, is that blue-white?
1: Is that blue-black? Like, what are we talking uh, repossess it's definitely blue I don't know what color it pairs with but it sounds like it just takes control of something you own which is I guess an effect that already exists on uh what's the land from the commander set homeward path yeah homeward path yeah
0: and Tristani the new tristani Discord oh sure and the new oh so maybe it's a white ability. ability oh yeah um certainly not something that would see play unless it had some other powerful ability and that's a side effect I can't imagine sorcery game control of a thing that you own. But, uh, all right, if it happens, well, maybe it's really we'll, good we'll when you get bribery. card,
2: That card actually exists. It's called Brand. Brand? It's from, it's from Urza Saga, yeah. Wait, really? Yeah, yeah, dog. Oh, I
0: got man. you. Yeah, no, you're right. Okay, you're right. So, Brand is an instant from Urza Saga. It's a single red, and it says gain control of all permanents you own, but it has cycling too. So, at least you can cycle that. Like, maybe you play that in a sideboard if somebody's playing, you know, steal your deck dot deck but uh wow the things you learn
2: yeah and it has an important story moment that's when uh urza turned on karn so there we go
1: look uh-huh. at that by this what cliff i that. affirm your role urza to karn that's some flavor text right there yeah
0: it wonder it's what it takes to i wonder what it takes to turn on karn uh
1: apparently he's into heat i kind of don't want to be there when it happens you know given his lack of pants he's got pants now didn't you see him in uh, dominaria he's wearing yeah, pants but the, these days.
0: The, the new one the new one uh from the next from war of the sparks oh did no he pants. lose his pants again
2: yeah he's pants no, free they, no he planes walked and those pants the tied to pants the plane not go with him apparently peacetime he finds time for pants when he has to fight he's like taking this up
1: well, he's got to get mobility you know he can't be That's like right. can't have his legs all cramped together he's got to be agile
2: get him get him a tracksuit let him run he can get that comfort and he has pants now awesome so we'll go from one awesome enchantment to another uh the next card on our list is dovescape so dovescape is three colorless and azorius 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 for an enchantment and it says whenever a player casts a non-creature spell counter that spell that player creates x11 one, one white and blue bird creature tokens with flying where x is the spell's converted mana cost
1: so talk about this like what is the context in which you want to play this well it's traditionally been played with enduring ideal there's the whole enchantment chain you can do there mm, outside yeah. of that i don't really know it's got really nice art and maybe that's Ugh. why you could play
2: it it's very flavorful like this is very on point presorious right they're like okay the law is you can't cast a non-creature spell but we're not terrible like we have to compensate you for this thing we're doing so here's some birds. Like do people play this in commander
0: to then just cast a bunch of non-creature spells and bird out their opponents? I have seen that before. I absolutely okay.
1: have. Someone yeah. was playing what was it Kaigi or whatever the card is. It's like the bird commander. Yeah, the keeper. Yeah, yeah. So it, the deck was just like a bunch of things that make birds, dovescape, and then a bunch of non-creature spells you get a bunch of birds and then you like uh Battle Screech, yeah, Battle Screech. Just, like, a bunch of stuff like that. And Dovescape also just locks out all the Wraths from your opponent, so...
0: Yeah, you know, yeah. They, they try to Wrath, they're like, Wrath of God, and it's like, nah, here's 4 one ones, enjoy.
2: And it stops and Grip. It's actually one of the few cards that'll actually stop split-second cards, so it's pretty tech. It's, it's, uh, it's pretty clever. I, I really like it. I don't know.
1: The last time I played against this card, I was playing Legacy, and... <laughs> Yeah, right? You'd love to hear that. It was an Academy Rector deck. I think it was like the Academy Rector Arena de- Arena Rector deck, with like sure. Veteran Explorer Cabal Therapy doing all that stuff, and they like got Academy Rector for Dovescape, and then they also got uh, the One-Sided Humility from Ixalan block. Yes. Yeah, that uh, one. Overwhelming yeah. Splendor? Overwhelming Splendor, that's right. And then they did the Arena Rector... And they got nickelball as Planeswalker, and I couldn't do anything about it. I was dead. Uh, Somehow that, is that was so good fun. enough.
0: <laughs> that is extremely hot.
2: Uh, so very on brand for Azorius.
0: Well, next time I really want to play uh, cards with feather counters or uh, Soraya the Falconer, which got eroded so that like it doesn't give falcons plus one plus one. It's birds, but they didn't change the name. She's still just a falconer. Should be the a birder. Then I'm gonna throw a dovescape in that deck for sure.
1: Does her well, buff apply to Absin Falconer then?
2: Ooh, yeah. yeah. should be ebbs on birder. What I'll do, the next uh, Soraya the Falconer I'll see, I'll take a thin Sharpie and I'll cross out the Falconer and I'll put in Ornithologist and I'll send it
0: to you. <laughs> That's what it should be, Soraya the Ornithologist. Oh, man, we've cracked this. Wizards, reach out to us if you need some cards named. We are on it. <laughs> All
1: right, what is next on our list? Uh, next up, we got Grand Arbiter Augustine Fourth. Uh, This is two, a blue and a white for a legendary creature, human advisor. White spells you cast cost one less to play. Blue spells you cast cost one less to play. And spells your opponents cast cost one more to play. Uh, Just an extremely, extremely exorious card in every way.
0: Yeah, just sitting around, uh, you know, something that, like, it's a 2-3. Should be pretty easy to kill, but then your opponents are paying more for their stuff. Maybe you're playing this and then, like, you know, you're casting, like a single blue for your negate to counter their their kill spell super super oppressive
2: oh god it is um it's one of the few commanders i'll kill on site it it legitimately like people who play this i i'm a very fun police guy sometimes but this is too much for me like i'm just like i can't go this far i can't make everyone have to pay you know all this extra mana for their spells like that's just he's he's a bridge too far
0: I've never seen this as a commander, but that just sounds, like, atrocious. Who would
1: do that? Uh, well, I got bad news for you. So oh, when no. We were, <laughs> when I first started playing commander, my first deck that I ever made was Zur the Enchanter, right? And it was a stasis yeah. deck. And all my yep. friends hated me, and they didn't want to play commander with me anymore. So I was like, alright, I'll change my deck, I'll take out the black... And now my commander's Grand Arkham, Augustine Fourth, But none of us had ever played commander really before. We were all pretty new to it. So they didn't know how bad it was until just the first game that we played, everybody once again immediately hated me. And uh, I had a good time, though. There's, playing with this card in play is excellent. Like, your opponents just don't get to do anything. And all your stuff is so cheap. And you're just having a great time. Uh, but if you d- like having friends, this probably shouldn't be your commander. <laughs> I mean, I, I do like having friends.
0: That's a, that's monstrous, man. So, I noticed that this card is uh, kind of expensive. I didn't realize this is like a 17 dollar card. Is this like inhuman sideboards? Or like, what is driving that?
1: Only commander. Literally only, only commander. commander.
2: Yep. Not only is it a great commander, it's not a bad card to slot into any white blue X deck, right? Like
1: Yeah, almost any white blue deck could feasibly play a copy of this and it would just always be good.
2: Right. I mean, I
0: used to have a Geist of St. Traff deck that was fairly oppressive, and I didn't even consider this card because, you know, I'm not a monster.
2: <laughs> well, and that and that's the problem, right, is that anyone who plays as a commander, it, is, it over time just turns into a stacks deck, and that's what I think is so annoying about it, right? It's yeah, like,
1: that's almost always what happens. I know there's, a, like, an
0: us stacks deck out there, and I bet this is just, like, one of the MVPs in that deck. That would make sense.
2: You know, you start off with, oh... It comes with a Sphere of Resistance on it for my opponents. Why don't I just play Sphere of Resistance next? Because my stuff's cheaper. And then pretty soon you're starting to be like, well, I'm going to copy this Thorn of Amethyst with Phyrexian Metamorph. And now you have to pay five more for your spells. Yeah, and then you're like
0: slashing their tires on the way out of the parking (laughs) lot. And killing their pets while they're out of town. Yeah, perfect. I know the type.
1: The day that this card is like good in competitive decks is just going to be horrible. I mean, it's going to be in my deck probably because it's colors. <laughs> yeah. But like it's just going to be horrible for so many people. It's just such bad gameplay to have this card in play. Oh yeah. Yeah. Let's be real.
0: You definitely meant, "Oh man, it's going to be really horrible for all of my opponents." Yeah, yeah, pretty
1: much. Yeah. Well, I'm going to have to play a mirror at some point.
0: Yeah, and now we're both allowed
1: to have Grand Arbiters, so that's just garbage.
0: Alright, well let's move on to our next card. Uh, It's a card we've actually talked about recently. It is Judge's Familiar. So Judge's Familiar is an Azorius mana, so you can pay a white or a blue. For a 1-1 bird with flying, you can sacrifice it and counter-target instant or sorcery spell unless its controller pays one. We recently talked about this in our Flying Men episode uh, just a few episodes ago in episode 27. It was number four on our list of the best 1-1 flyers for one of all time.
2: Pokes Crete, pokes opponents, and disrupts them. Yep. Can't ask for a better card. Nice
0: little turn one play. You know, run it out there. Say, uh, yeah, feel free to run your instants and sorceries into this. Play, uh, play a turn off curve, and then by the time you have saved up enough mana, I'll just negate whatever you play, and then you lose. Yay!
1: Sounds about right. You know, this card has won two Pro Tours. Yeah. Just yeah. like this this little one one, just going all the way at two different Pro Tours. It's pretty pretty impressive. Considering like just looking at the card, what you'd think of it, but
2: I Yeah, I think this speaks to how good um Zorius was in Return to Ravnica, mm-hmm. right? This wasn't this wasn't like absolutely broken like some other cards we're gonna eventually talk about, but it's so it's so well designed and it's just exactly what this guild wants and it, it's just it's it speaks to the thought that went into it, but how it's like, Oh no, this is actually really good and it'll win two Pro Tours, right? Who would have thought when they opened it? But yeah. Yeah,
0: nice little simple one, but it's hard to think of Azorius without thinking of uh, this little guy. Also, nice little synergy with Dovescape. It's a bird. you got a little 1-1 tribal. You're in your don't-cast-incense-and-sorcery stack, because if you do, get birded.
2: Yeah, so next up we have Proclamation of Rebirth. This is a rare from Dissension. It's two and a white for a sorcery, and you can return up to three target creature cards with converted mana cost one or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. But it has this ability that was in Dissension... Called Forecast. This was the Azorius mechanic in Dissension. And for five and a white, you reveal proclamation of rebirth from your hand, return target creature card from with converted monocost one or less from your graveyard to play. You can play this forecast ability though, however, only during your upkeep and only once per turn. Alright, so
0: forecast, this is our other Azorius mechanic. Uh, you know, weird little ability that involves playing activated abilities from your hand, which is not something you see very often. I originally had thought As we were writing up the show notes, oh yeah, this is uh, from Future Sight, because there was a card uh, with forecast in Future Sight. I realized, no, no, Guild Pact came before Future Sight. So there was just randomly one card in Future Sight that had forecast after it was already a mechanic.
1: What was the forecast card from Future Sight?
0: Uh, Spirit and Doll. It was a two and a white for a two one spirit with shadow. And it also had Forecast 1 and a white. You could reveal it from your hand and a target creature gains shadow until end of turn. So you just make some stuff unblockable. That card seems nice. Yeah, nice. it seems pretty
1: good. Shadow is such a horrible mechanic, by the way. Just wanted to throw that out there.
0: Yeah, I mean, what's the most famous card with Forecast? Pride of the Clouds, probably?
1: Uh, it's I think Pride it... of the Clouds or Sky Hussar. Oh, sure. Yep.
2: Yeah. Yeah, so I think this one might be the most famous one just because there's one deck that plays it but a lot of people play it and it's a combo with a card called martyr of sands so martyr of sands real quick is one white for a 1-1 human cleric and its ability is one reveal x white cards from your hand sacrifice martyr of sands you gain three times x life so uh that's a little combination with proclamation rebirth you gain a ton of life and then you're like i'll pay six mana to return it and gain some more life and i won't die
0: yeah, I guess it's a white card that you want to keep in your hand to continue forecasting with, so you'll have it for your future uh, Martyr of Sands activations. I don't know. Yeah. It's interesting. This uh, this ability, I think, had some potential to do interesting things. I was talking about this the other day. Like, What would you charge for a card that was you know some amount of mana, draw a card, and then the forecast was just how much mana would you pay to scry one? for example. Oh, not much. (laughs) Not much. But it seems like if that was a thing that you had in your hand, right, that you could cash in for a card at any time, but maybe you're just paying, like, blue mana or something to scry one, that would actually be pretty powerful.
1: Proclamation has definitely been... uh... Pretty good throughout the years. I mean, it's been a really long time since this card was printed. But as the game goes later, you start bringing back all these Sarah Sentence. Your opponents are just forced to answer them turn after turn after turn. So yeah. Uh, so it, and as the game just kind of drags on, as you get back all these, you get back your Sarah sentence. You get back your martyr sands. You gain a life. You have like one mana six six flyers. It adds such a huge sense of inevitability to the to the game. And then eventually, you're just going to grind out all your opponents' answers. Cast it from your hand and get back three Sarah sentence or a three bin inspector and two Sarah sentence or whatever. You get to replace itself. It, it's definitely a great grinding engine. Uh, maybe a little underpowered for today's maybe modern metagame but i I still seem to do some things here and there
0: yeah i mean i think this shows a couple things this inclusion of the list there aren't a lot of forecast cards that we want to talk about so if we want to mention forecast we kind of have to dive in there and though azorius has some very very powerful cards there's not a hugely deep bench right like the top most powerful cards are some of the most powerful we'll talk about in any of these guild shows but once you get past the top few, it's not consistently high power level.
2: I just, all I, I'll say is I remember when Dissension was spoiled and people were high on forecast, but then they realized these are not very good cards. It's not a really good good mechanic in general like it's not very intuitive and it's not something where you necessarily want to just keep casting the same marginal effect over and over when you can just play these cards that are supposed to be better right and they're supposed to build on each other so for example pride of the clouds is a classic one it it's a white blue elemental cat flying one one but it gets plus one plus one for each other because you fly on the battlefield and then its forecast ability makes flyers but you don't have forever to make these flyers right like you're paying four mana to make a flyer not mean, just a flyer,
1: a one-one flying bird. Let's be clear. Goes in my dovescape deck, man. Don't talk. Don't talk bad about it.
2: No, that's it. There goes my argument. I've always felt Detain was a lot better than Forecast.
0: Yes, in my opinion. I don't think that's a hot take. I think that most people would agree with that.
1: Very lukewarm yeah. on the takes. All
0: right, two left in our top eight. Evan, why don't you take the next one? Uh, this one's like this one's okay. Uh,
1: yeah, I'm pretty excited to get to talk about this one because it's one of my favorites of all time. Uh, this is. Sphinx's Revelation. Uh, it is blue, blue, white, and X for an instant. Very simply, you gain X life and draw X cards.
0: I mean this this card dominated standard. So I came back to the game during basically Theros, and uh, people were playing a couple Theros cards. They had these nice blue-white control decks, and their in draw cards had rotated, so they took out black, threw in some Elspeth Suns champions, that were just Sphinx's Revelationing people in the face.
1: Yeah, this was a pretty pretty dumb to play with. I played with four copies just all the time. Uh you think that you might not want to play with four copies of a card that, you know, you need, you know, you need like 6 mana before it's really good, but they just you just want to draw every single copy every single game. So
2: it's really innocuous, too because it's definitely not a Timmy card, right? Like you look at this card and you're like, "Why is this good?" If I pay four mana, I draw a card and gain a life? That seems bad. Been there. Like, oh, no, dude. It's about scaling. <laughs> it, it, it's also an instant, right? So that's the other thing. It's Once you see it in an action where you're like, well, I'll draw four and gain four, and then you're like, oh. Like, you're just back in this game, and you're like, oh, yeah. And this just gets better later. I'm so, oh, not actually
1: know. back in this game. You're just out of this game now because right. it's just over. Right.
2: Right yeah like there were not very many good red like aggressive red decks during this time because they couldn't close out the games fast enough like they tried they they've definitely tried there's some def there were some aggressive like mono red aggressive decks that were played but like they were definitely not as good as decks that can just go uh, okay like all his warriors charm your guy and then eventually i'm gonna gain three and then i'm gonna gain six and all this effort you put in to try to kill me is now moot and now i'm so far ahead i'm bored
0: pretty gross altogether
2: it was also briefly played in modern so when modern was first a thing Jeskai control was one of the decks and it played this as a one or two of because yeah it's still good
1: (laughs) yep i played good (laughs) a lot of Jeskai in modern i played a sphinx's revelation in my deck until god i'd probably say like until two years ago was maybe when i cut the rev and was like playing secure the waste instead and But for a really, really long time, there was always a Sphinx's Revelation in my deck. And it was always really good, especially when, like, the better Jund is, like, the better Sphinx's Revelation is. Just, the games go long, you top deck a Rev, cast it for, like, 8 mana, and you just shut the door on him. So, you'd known that Sphinx's Revelation had just gone too far when, luckily I was on break from playing Magic when this happened. But during the Theros RTR block, by the end, everyone had cut all of their win conditions from their deck. They were playing like one Elspeth Suns champion, four Sphinx's Revelations, and mm-hmm. one copy of Elixir of Immortality. And they were just straight decking their opponents because Sphinx's Revelation was just that good at keeping you in the game. You get all your lands into play, and then every other turn, you're just drawing your entire deck and just shuffle it all back in. Just let's do it again. Why not? <laughs> We'll go to the last card on our list, a card that pairs very well with cards
0: like Sphinx's Revelation, Supreme Verdict. Supreme Verdict is a rare from Return of Ravnica. It is one white, white, blue for a sorcery. Very simple. This spell can't be countered and destroy all creatures. So yeah, just throw an uncounterable wrath into your blue-white control deck. Still playing it today.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this... It turns out when you build a lot, have a lot of good control cards in your control guild, in Standard, uh, it's a turns out to make some pretty good decks while it's still legal, right? And this is uh this was the other half of Sphinx's Rev where you're like, man, I can't beat this. Like my creatures are all gonna die and my opponent's gonna gain five life and draw five cards, like, what do I do with my life?
1: Yeah, there was such a horrible dynamic to play against, because it's like, I have to pressure this person so that I can stop them from revving and, like, getting that chain going, but if I commit too hard to pressure them, then I just get verdicted and all my stuff's dead, and I look stupid.
2: As you said, this is still played in Modern, right? Like, this played in both Blue, White, and Just Sky as a one-of or two-of, depends on...
1: Depends on your build, but, depends on some things, but yeah.
2: Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's still good. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I mean,
1: there's not much more to say about it. Like, it's
2: just, did you like Wrath of God? Did you like not having your spells scattered? Great. We have a card for you.
1: (laughs) Man, I'm exactly that person. I like Wrath of God. I hate Spell Pierce. One card solves it all.
0: (laughs) Yeah, not bad. If I recall correctly, isn't this card played in the uh, post-Sensei's Divining Top Miracles deck?
1: Yeah, uh, so my current list, I'm playing three Terminus in the main, and then I have one copy of Supreme Verdict in the sideboard. Modern, I'm playing four Terminus main. I have one Supreme Verdict in the main also. Sometimes it swaps for Settle the Wreckage, but Supreme Verdict's still super good. I've seen a lot of the blue-white Modern lists running around with, like, Uh, two to three Supreme Verdicts in combination with Settle the Wreckages and Relic of Progenitus to go along with it in the main deck, so you can, like, Wrath everything, then Relic the Graveyard. Um, Too much Graveyard stuff happening right now, which is more a statement of Modern than anything. But there's still decks that you want to Wrath, but they're going to have counterspells post-board, right? So having that really clean, destroy all your creatures, but you can't really do anything about it is pretty great.
2: I love that the only true counter for Supreme Verdict is in blue specifically blue white with a spell queller it's a blue white creature but it exiles the spell it doesn't counter it modern has a finally had a legitimate out to the ridiculous that is this card one last thing since supreme verdict it's been seven years since magic has had a four mana wrath we had a lot of five mana wraths and it's bad that people don't have the fear anymore of the four mana wrath it really is something to behold People are like, oh, I can do stuff to turn five, but this turn five wrath sticks, and now you're like, oh, no, 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 no. For a long time in Magic, you had to play around the four mana wrath, and you had to like it.
1: It was always there, the four mana wrath, like the, the oh, threat yeah. of it, for years and years and years.
2: And now we finally get to play around it again with a card in Ravnica Allegiance called Kaya's Wrath, and granted, yeah, it's hard to cast, but
1: it doesn't matter. The is you know, so good it, in standard right now, it really doesn't matter.
2: Thank you for the four mana wrath, like, oh Yeah, right. so good.
1: If you feel just so safe. Right When you when you open a hand, and you have like a removal spell, a cantrip, and you got your four mana wrath. It's like, yeah, there's just no way that I'm going to die on before turn four. So I'm going to make it to turn five because I have this wrath. So it just feels great. Yeah,
0: and then I'm going to not have a win condition and everyone's miserable and it's great.
1: Well, someone's miserable. Magic's a zero-sum uh. game after all. So, I
0: take a little issue with that. I don't think magic is entirely zero-sum. I think that if you're having fun, it does mean your opponent is having less fun, but you can also get to the point where all of the fun has vanished into the ether. Like, fun can leave the system, and everybody can be having 0% fun.
1: Okay, I I believe that. I believe that. I I mean, if I'm winning the game with, like, a Teferi loop, I'm definitely having a good time. So... That's fair. That's not happening in my games.
2: I will say, (laughs) Monogreen Tron is the deck where you've fun leaves the ether oh absolutely
1: if my opponent plays turn one tron land i'm just having a bad time immediately and i know that they're not having a good time because they're playing tron so they're just a human calculator at that point yeah pretty much (laughs) Mm, seven mana makes car liberated i've been testing
2: it on moto and it's exactly that i'm like yeah so you killed this one tron land i'm gonna ancient strange this other one play it Then I'm gonna play this like warm coil engine and pass, and they're just like, "What the, what the hell am I doing?" I'm like, "I don't know, dude. I'm winning. I'm not (laughs) happy, but I'm winning." This is miserable for all of us. Take the concession and just let's move on with our lives. One of these
1: days we'll get an actual good hate piece against that deck instead of all the ones that they think are good. And that deck will just cease to function, hopefully. Kudos for just, like, throwing all of the darts they have. Yeah, (laughs) right? One of these is going to hit. I mean, they're all on the, like, plywood that's around the dartboard right now, but I'll just show up with my Stony Silence, what is it, my Stony Silence Assassin Trophy Damping Sphere Molten Rain deck. And
0: probably still lose, so whatever, man. All right, so that is our top eight Azorius cards. To quickly recap the list, they were Azorius Charm, Detention Sphere, Dovescape, Grand Arbiter Augustine IV, Judges Familiar, Proclamation of Rebirth, Sphinx's Revelation, and Supreme Verdict. I will note that those are not in 8-1 through one or 1-8 one through eight order, as you can probably tell by the last couple of cards there. Uh, Evan, if people want to find you on the internet, where can they go?
1: Not too many places. I guess you can find me on Twitter at Evan uh That's E-V-A-N-S-K-A-A-R. I don't tweet. I just read people's tweets. So if you want to follow me, you can. Uh, you can also find me on Twitch sometimes. Uh, it is twitch.tv slash spasm with three underscores. I do streaming just kind of whenever I kind of get the bug for it. And I'll stream a lot for a week and then probably disappear for a month. So find me there.
0: All right. Well, hopefully cool. we can find you there playing some blue eye control.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: All right. Well, Evan, thank you for joining us today. And thanks to all of you. You can find us on Twitter at RememberMTG or, hey, send us an email at RememberSomeCards at gmail.com. We would love your feedback. And please tell us what cards you want to remember.
2: And until next time, don't forget to remember some cards.